church. It's wonderful to uh, be in the north. Uh, last time I was in uh, this area, it was 1997, I uh, had surrendered to uh, the United States Navy. I decided to go to uh, the Air Force, or the, not the Air Force, but the Navy. I had just got through a uh, failed football scholarship. Uh, football was my life. I ended up getting a, a, an injury, and the Navy recruiter wouldn't stop calling the house. At the time, I was living with the best friend and his mom. There was no direction for me, no guidance from parents. Uh, so I decided to uh, join the United States Navy. And so I went to boot camp in New Great Lakes. And I understand we're getting a snowstorm tomorrow. Or maybe, maybe not. Uh, but in boot camp, uh, thankfully, uh, during the week that we were supposed to uh, do the, uh, the gas mask, uh, where you take that off into that, that place, uh, one of the famous snowstorms came in there. And uh, we didn't have to do that. So I went through the whole military service without having to do the gas mask thing. And I'm so thankful for that. Uh, but don't judge me, please, on that. But uh, if you would turn your uh, Bibles to Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5. I have a question for you tonight. Uh, who in here uh, would like to have more faith? Um, don't raise your hand. I'm sorry, I should have said that part. But uh, who, who, would, who in here has ever thought, I, I really would like to have the kind of faith that would move a mountain? Uh, if there's a mountain in my life or something in my life, this is the kind of faith that I want to... Uh, exhibit in my life, that I trust God so much, uh, that, I, that I follow him and I love him and I, I just have so much faith in him uh, that that mountain be removed. In Matthew chapter 17, there's a man who had a, uh, a son that was uh, a lunatic and uh, he came to the Lord. Uh, Matthew chapter 17 and verse 15, and it says this, uh, Lord, have mercy on my son for he is, a, for he is lunatic and sore vexed for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to, the, to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to, unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Uh, this is the kind of faith that I long for, uh, the kind of faith that moves a mountain. And if you're in that category of longing for that faith, you're in uh, good company because the disciples uh, came to Jesus. Uh, he was teaching on offenses and forgiveness. And uh, they, they ask a question to him. And let me give you that account in Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. Uh, then said he unto his disciples, it is impossible, but offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a mil, mil, excuse me, millstone uh, were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If and if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Then the disciples uh, question, are the disciples, uh, are the apostles, and the apostles said unto the Lord, uh, increase our faith. Uh, to have our faith increase. And if I had a desire tonight uh, that not only uh, my faith, uh, by preaching this and studying this, that my faith would be increased, uh, but my desire that every brother and sister in, in, in attendance tonight, that your faith would be increased. 
uh, to a point that you would have power with God, power with uh, lost sinners, power with families, power with uh, your future, power with every aspect of your life that your faith would be increased. But how is that going to take place? Uh, The only way that your faith is going to be increased is by the power of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and by the Word of God. The Bible says, uh, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Hearing what the Word of God says and listening, not just with your ears, but with your heart, uh, this is going to increase your faith. Uh, In my Christian life, there have been uh, many times, uh, as as I'm reading my Bible, been some times that uh, scripture has really stood out to me. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about where you read your Bible in your home or your office and you see one of those verses you've never seen before and and all of a sudden there's this little revival. You're looking around, uh, wow, uh, what is this? And and you go and you're excited and you go tell your spouse or some loved one and they're like, oh, I've already seen that before. No, no, don't say that. This is exciting. Uh, This is exciting what I've seen. And there are a couple of times uh, that my faith just went just a little bit higher because of what I've seen in the Word of God. For instance, one of them I was uh, contemplating on the Trinity. And I would ask this, that you don't contemplate too much on the Trinity. Uh, God is one God manifest in three persons. Take that by faith. You start chasing a rabbit hole of of getting deep into that doctrine, uh, you're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble. Uh, He is one God manifest in three persons. So I'm reading the book of Genesis. I come across Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, and this is what it said. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And all of a sudden I looked and I said, there's the Trinity right there. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is, is in the part of creation, in the part of, uh, of us. Uh, because we're made in the likeness of God, we're one yet three, body, soul, and spirit. I started getting excited about that. And that very next verse, it says, and God created man in his own image, the singularity. And I saw the Trinity right there and I just got excited about it. Bless God, and the faith just just filled up just a little bit more. And, and another time, and, and also in the book of Genesis, uh, reading in chapter 7, and this is Noah. Uh, he had been working for this ark and, and preparing this ark and, and preaching righteousness uh, to a people that had turned their back on God. There was, uh, there was not a man that did any good. Uh, these men were wicked and evil, but Noah prepared that ark, and his family got on that ark. But in verse 7, uh, this is what it said, and I'm... I'm, I'm I'm quoting this from uh, verse 7. It says, uh, Genesis chapter 7, verse 1, where God said to Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. And I saw that and I said, well, he was already in the ark. He he never left them, never is going to leave us. He'll never forsake us. He says, come into the ark where I am. And I just got fired up about that. Just got excited uh, that where, where we are, God is. Uh, and then the other one, I, I can give you so many of the ones that I've, I've, I've studied in the Word of God, but it was in the book of John, uh, chapter 18, and they came, they came to take our Lord. Uh, they came with a band of men. Uh, doing a study of that, you're talking about 500 men. Uh, they came with uh, lanterns and, 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 and weapons, uh, and they came to take Jesus, and, and Jesus said unto them, Whom seek ye? Uh, And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. Uh, And that he being italicized. And he said, I am, I am he. And uh, the Bible says, as soon then as he said, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. And I saw that. You're talking about having an exciting time there. The power of God speaking. This is why it was so important that he opened on his mouth 
because uh, I do realize, and you realize, that he could have called 12 legions, angel, 12 legions of angels to destroy this whole world, but in meekness, he went to that cross to pay our sin debt. Uh, what a wonderful Savior that we have, but getting excited about the Word of God, and I found it again in Luke chapter 5. Uh, Luke chapter 5, if you'll take reading with me in verse 17, and we're just going to stop on this one verse. Uh, Luke chapter 5, uh, beginning in verse 17. It says, And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching that there was Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And this is what I, this is what I saw. I'd never seen this before. It says, And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And when I saw that, it just again, my faith went up just a little bit more. Uh, by the word of God. Uh, so tonight, m- my desire is that our faith will be increased. And, and I have evidence because this is the Lord's church. He is the head of the body, the savior of the body. Um, uh, he said in uh, Matthew that uh, I will build my church or my ecclesia, my called out assembly, Uh, My believers that have been baptized, my church, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he said, uh, where two or three are gathered there, I'm in the midst of them. Uh, So I propose to you tonight that the power of of the Lord to heal is present with us tonight. And if you want your faith to be increased, um, that power is available to each of us. These Pharisees and these scribes, they denied that power, even though it was there for them to be healed. Uh, they could have got their sins forgiven. We're going to see this later, that that's what, exactly what happened to the man, the palsy, when they brought him to the, uh, to the Lord. And it's amazing how they brought him to the Lord. Uh, but when he saw their faith, the first thing he said to the guys, thy sins be forgiven. Uh, that's an amazing statement altogether because I'm not sure that the man of the palsy went there for that. Uh, I'm suspecting he went because he was paralyzed and he wanted to have some mobility. Uh, but when the Lord Jesus Christ saw, the, saw his faith, he said, thy sins be forgiven. So uh, the power of the Lord is present with us tonight to heal. Uh, let's pray. Father, we do bow before you tonight as humbly as we possibly can and just tell you that we love you. And we thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for giving us a church here to worship you, uh, to worship you freely. Uh, thank you for the spirit of God. Thank you for the word of God. And I ask that your word would go out in power and boldness and that you'd convict each of our hearts to have more faith than we have now. Uh, Father, increase our faith uh, for the storms to come. Uh, Lord, we live in a very wicked world that you know uh, very well how wicked it is. And we ask, Father, uh, each one of us, uh, we would seek your face, seek your power to be healed uh, in the matter and area of our faith. And we do pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the power of the Lord to heal. And uh, I do want to focus on, on, on the faith tonight. Um, Our faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, uh, the evidence of things not seen. In Webster's 1828, um, uh, 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 the evangelical uh, faith or justifying, saving faith is the assent of the mind to the true of divine revelation on the authority of God's testimony accompanied with a cordial assent of the will or approval of the heart, an entire confidence or trust in God's character um, and his declarations and in the character and the doctrines of Christ. 
with the unreserved surrender of the will to his guidance and dependence on his merits for salvation. In other words, uh, in other words, that firm belief of God's testimony and of the truth of the gospel, which influences the will and leads to entire reliance on Christ for salvation. Uh, so I was looking for uh, illustrations on, on faith, and I know the word of God is where we'll find the illustrations. Uh, but just uh, thinking about some of the times in my life by faith that things happen in my life. And um, in 2002, I had just, uh, 2001, uh, August of 2001, by faith, uh, not by faith I got out of the military, but by faith I'm, I accepted Christ. And I'm telling you how I accepted Christ. Uh, I saved up terminal leave um, uh, to get out of the United States Navy, uh, and I got out in August of 2001. Uh, the reason I had t- uh, terminal leave, because I did not grow up in a Christian home. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was two years old. Grandma had us until mom got on her feet. Third grade, she took custody. Uh, sixth grade, dad took, takes mom to court for, for custody. And it's just a whole world uh, whirlwind of mess in, in my growing up. About the age 15, um, I get kicked out of both homes. I end up growing up with the best friend and his mom. And uh, ended up getting real big into football. I got a football scholarship. Uh, and, and I got injured, wasn't good on grades. I was in public school. I barely passed just to play sports is the only reason I gave any attendance to the grades, uh, which was a grave mistake. Uh, pay for it even now this day because of that. Uh, but after that football scholarship failed, I was back at my best friend's house and his mom, uh, working dead beach jobs. The Navy calls, I go to the Navy, I spent four years on an aircraft carrier, uh, stationed out in Seattle, Washington, a place called Bremerton. And uh, after four years, I, I was ready to get out of the Navy. I saved up terminal leave. I got out 60 days early. And then August, uh, I drove my pickup truck back to Texas, where I'm from. And uh, the very next month, I turned on the television. It was around September 11th, turned on the television, and I watched a plane uh, run into a building. And uh, it shook the core of my existence. Uh, I got very patriotic. I got very sad. I began to weep. Uh, I also began to uh, be fearful because I didn't want to go back to the aircraft carrier, but I was willing to, didn't want to. Um, And then a second uh, plane hit, uh, and this whole time I had grown up Catholic. I was uh, immersed in the Catholic religion from my grandmother. Uh, I spent my whole life doing this stuff and and praying to a false god. My whole life was trusting in an imaginary balance system that God in the sky had created uh, that somehow my good was going to outweigh my bad, and just by the skin of the teeth, because of who I was, God would never send me to hell. Uh, but I was completely wrong about that. After 9-11 happened, God uh, began to, to wake me up. And I'm thankful, uh, not for 9-11 per se, but I'm thankful that he used an event like that. Those terrorists thought they were doing great damage uh, to kill infidels, at least they thought, uh, when there were people all across this country that took Christ their Savior because of that incident and because of that Thousands of people have come to know Christ as their personal Savior. Uh, But nonetheless, I got a job at a refinery uh, there in uh, Texas. And uh, one day a a man asked me, he said, uh, because I had a crucifix. I had friends that were from Mexico. Uh, I had Spanish friends, and they brought me back a a black rope with a black black cross with some paint on it. And I wore it as as a a, a Lucky's uh, rabbit foot or something. I had that as protection, if you will. Uh, and so uh, the brother that, that came to me he was an independent Baptist, independent fundamental Baptist, and uh, he asked me one day if I died, did I know for sure I'd go to heaven? And I remember getting a lump in my throat. Uh, I did not know for sure I'd go to heaven, uh, but I was concerned about that. And he said, at lunchtime, can I teach you what the Word of God says? And I said, that, that will be fine. Uh, but at the time, I was so lost and just 
uh, undone and, and all these things. And so uh, my mind just couldn't fix on anything. And so I remember the first verse that he began to teach me was uh, Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He said, tell me what it means. So I read that. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He says, what does it mean? And I said, I don't know what it means. He said, well, uh, go ahead and read it again. Okay. Uh, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He said, tell me what it means. I don't know what it means. He said, would you read it again? Okay, but I'm struggling here. I'm starting to get a little irritated and agitated. Um, So I said, okay. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He says, what does it mean? And I kind of chewed him out at that point. I said, look, you're the Bible guy that wants to teach me the Bible, and you're sitting here asking me to teach it to you. Why don't you go ahead and tell me what the verse means because I'm struggling over here. And uh, Brother Miguel, I'm thankful that he did this, but he said, would you read it one more time? I said, read it one more time. (laughs) Whatever. For all have... (gasps) And I saw it. For the first time, I saw it. And I was like, tell me more, tell me more. You're talking about the, the, the Catholic priest, the Pentecostal guy, the Baptist, the Baptist guy. All these people have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What needs to happen at this point? And, uh, and so for the next six weeks, uh, Brother Miguel would teach me the word of God. I got in a conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. And one morning driving to work, hearing a gospel presentation on the radio, I pulled up to a red light with tears in my eyes. And I cried out to Jesus Christ, would you save me? Would you forgive me? Would you take me to heaven when I die? And I got born again at a red light. And we're laughing, but brother, it is, it is a similar uh, testimony to Paul the Apostle. I mean, almost exact. I was on the road to the refinery. And a light shone from heaven. It was a red light, turned green, and I did hear a voice. It was on the radio. Very similar testimonies there. But I got born again, and that by faith was the first time that I exercised that faith to take Christ as my personal Savior, and it was the greatest decision that I I, I could ever make. My sins are forgiven. I got the gift of eternal life, and I don't deserve any of that, but God saved me, promised to take me to heaven when I die, and I've been saved now going on 21 years, and I still haven't got over the fact that I'm not going to hell, and I can't go to hell. Uh, because of what he's promised. Uh, the next time I exercised faith was um, after I got saved. I was uh, 25 years old. I got saved. Uh, what happened is, is my family uh, basically disowned me. Uh, I got a letter in the mail that we don't know has happened to this guy. Uh, we want the old Jeff back. We don't know. We think you've gotten into a cult. Uh, because when I got around them, I wasn't drinking and partying anymore. I wasn't sitting around the lake uh, doing the things that lost people do. I now was witnessing to them, uh, telling them about the Savior, telling them how to have uh, the gift of eternal life, and, and I come to find out that they didn't like that very much. Uh, so I got a letter in the mail, and that, that was heartbreaking. Um, but what happened with all that, with the friends departing, because I, I wasn't the same guy anymore, uh, I'll be honest with you, I got lonely as a, as a believer, uh, lonely in my Christian life. I did have a church that I was in, um, and... and I had a church that I was in, but I was a lonely guy. Not, not always can a church meet the needs of, of, of people that are lonely. It just, it just works out like that sometimes. Uh, so being a, a lonely believer, I, I, by faith, I exercised uh, the prayer closet. 
I read a verse um, found in Matthew 6, 6. It says, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth thee in secret shall reward thee openly. And uh, I didn't know what that meant. So in my one-bedroom apartment, I had a closet. I knew I had a closet. Uh, so I went in there, and I took my golf clubs out, and I took my uh, suitcases out and uh, moved that, and there was a little string on a, on a light bulb, and I pushed that. I closed that door, and I got down on my knees, and I said, Father, would you please give me a wife? Would you please give me, give me a family? And he did. She knocked on the door right after. No, I'm just. No, I'm just. No. But I have a wife, three kids, and, and God is faithful. Even when we're not, he is. God is faithful. Um, then surrendering to full-time service, a, a, a missionary, uh, Joe West from uh, Austin, Texas, Capital City Baptist Church, came in, and he always would put shoes from famous preachers. Uh, you probably name uh, the famous preacher. Uh, he had shoes from that famous preacher, and uh, he had a life-size offering plate. Uh, and the whole premise of that was not just your billfold, but you, but you step into the offering plate. Uh, and that's when in my heart I surrendered everything to God. Uh, one, one afternoon I was jogging, and uh, it dawned on me. I was about the age of, of the Lord when he, when he uh, died for us. And um, I said within my heart, Lord, you gave your life for me. I now, with all of my life, live your life through me. My life now belongs to you. Use my life for your glory. But by faith, surrendering everything to God and then the call to preach, doing my devotions. Uh, one morning, and I read that verse in John chapter 6, uh, verse 27. I'm not getting into all that other than it says, Labor not for the meat which perish, but that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Uh, laboring for the wrong thing. Um, and I surrendered to preach at that point. And then um, not long after that, by faith, we quit, quit the job at the refinery. Uh, we put the house up for sale. Um, and we uh, moved to Alabama in 2013 by faith. Uh, and by faith for those years, by faith, we go out and we try to share the gospel with folks by faith. Uh, so our faith to be increased, the power of God to heal is present with us. Uh, we get back into our, our, our passage here and we see the, the, the faith of persistence. Uh, in verse 18, And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in to lay him before, before him. And when they could not find but what way that they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through tiling with his couch into the, the midst uh, before Jesus. And I, and I can only imagine uh, this display of faith and, and these, these four men. In another passage of Scripture, I believe it's Mark, it says he was born of four, uh, which means there were four men. And we don't know if this was family members, if this was friends, uh, but we know that a man was paralyzed and four friends had faith uh, that when they saw the multitude of people, um, they must have been from Alabama because they said, hey, let's get on the roof. Uh, let's go up another way. Uh, but they weren't going to be denied. They exercised that faith. And I can only imagine uh, being in that house, that multitude, and having the mud come down and being a discerner, what's going on here? Um, looking around, all of a sudden a hand probably sticks out through that tiling. What's, what is going on here? Next thing you know, there's a body that drops down right before the Lord. 
Uh, you say, well, well, how do you think that it dropped down? I don't think the sheet was that long to drop them all the way down. I mean, how long were their arms and how long were the sheet? I just don't know. I think they dropped the guy before Jesus and he saw the, the faith of these men. And, uh, and he, said, he said, look in verse 20, and when he had saw their, their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven. And that's when the scribes and Pharisees uh, began to reason, saying, who is this uh, which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, what reason ye in your hearts? And before I say anything else about that passage, just understanding that God knows our hearts, he knows our thoughts, he knows everything about us even right now as the power of God to heal is present with us. Uh, verse, verse 23, whether it's easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say arise up and walk, but that, thou, that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon uh, the earth to forgive sins. He saith unto the sick of, palsy, uh, sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. Uh, so exercise in faith, this man showed faith. Uh, Hebrews 11 tells us, uh, Hebrews 11:6. but without faith is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Also in Hebrews chapter 11, it says here in the latter part of Hebrews chapter 11, it says, and others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. Uh, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, uh, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth, and these all having obtained a good report through faith. Uh, so my, the message is very simple. Uh, our faith needs to be healed uh, in three areas. Uh, the faith of the trials of life, uh, our faith in the temptations of life, and our faith in the testimony of our life. That's where our faith needs to be healed. Uh, the trials of life. Um, as you know, it's embarrassing sometimes for preachers to talk how wicked our world is. Uh, to stand here and talk about the transgenderism and the homosexuality and uh, just the wickedness of murder and abductions and, and killings and slangs. We live in a wicked society that is anti-Christ. Unfortunately, we see that in John chapter 3. They do not come to the light because they hate the light. Because that light will reprove their, their deeds. Um, and that's, that's the people that we're going out trying to reach. But we live in this wicked society. Uh, and because we're under the sin curse of Adam and Eve, when, when Eve took of that fruit um, and, and they died physically, or excuse me, spiritually and, and physically, and that sin curse entered into the world, uh, because of that at some point my children are going to die. Uh, because of that I may get sick and, and I may get cancer and and because of that, everyone that we look at is going to end up dying at some point. And, and the trials that we go through, uh, the trials of life that we experience, God does not promise us that we're uh, not going to experience the hardships in life, whether those are the results of divine judgment or uh, from a natural disaster. Uh, while God could and sometimes does directly divide his, uh, deliver his people from such uh, events, most of the time he simply provides uh, for them during the time of hardship even uh, when it's not done in the way that we might choose. Uh, but in those trials that we have, we have to be careful. Um, as, as the famous verse in Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, 
Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Please hear it. Please hear it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Trusting in the Lord with everything that we have. No matter whether it be good, whether it be bad, we trust in the Lord no matter what happens in our lives. Uh, Psalm 62, 7 and 8 says, In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. So the trials of life that we experience, uh, just giving some uh, more of our, our testimony, uh, the trials of life um, and 2007, and, and I'm being very open with this, and I, and I have to be very careful with this emotional time for us. Uh, in 2007, uh, we had a miscarriage, and um, it was a very difficult time uh, for my wife. And I didn't understand any of that. We were newly married. Uh, I, I'm strap on the boots, grab your Bible, and let's charge uh, the gates of hell. Uh, let's do all that we can for the Lord, no matter what happens in our life, uh, no matter even if it's something like a miscarriage, uh, that we're just going to press on. And unfortunately, I was oblivious to what my wife was going through. Uh, and I didn't know this till later, but all the grief... Uh, that she had because of this tragedy. Uh, and her faith in God was strengthened through this tragedy, but after the grief was over. Uh, and at that time, I don't know there's much I could have done to help. I could have maybe been there, uh, but I wasn't as far as emotionally. Uh, but she learned at that time to lean on God and that God could get her through those trials. And, and we've been able to help other people when they have that kind of grief that they deal with. That's a very difficult thing to grow uh, to go through, uh, but the trials of life, having faith in God, no matter what. Uh, in 2011, uh, my mom uh, is 57 years old, and she got ALS. She got Lou Gehrig's disease, and it ended up ta- attacking her uh, nervous, where she couldn't move, and she ended up suffocating to death. And uh, watching mom uh, deteriorate like that. And then watching her uh, go on, and, and we think that she was saved. She was caught up in a Pentecostal church. Um, but before she died, she had the testimony that she was believing in Jesus Christ, and that's what we're holding to, and, and hoping that uh, she was trusting right about the salvation of Christ uh, by grace through faith uh, and not anything else. Um, uh, but I was challenged after that loss. Uh, I was challenging with the verse in, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, in everything, give thanks. Uh, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I was challenged with that. And I said, Father, would you please help me uh, to know how to give thanks even in this situation? Um, and, and it just, the Holy Spirit floods uh, with answers to those kind of requests. And you start thankful for, you start being thankful for the years that you had with mom. Uh, you start being thankful that you had a mom. I start being thankful that she only had Lou Gehrig's disease for eight months and the Lord called her home that she didn't have this uh, disease for, for such and such. But uh, just being thankful and, and learning through these trials for our faith uh, being increased or our faith to be healed, uh, that we would have a successful walk with God. Because without faith, we can't please him. 
Uh, it's an impossibility to please God without faith. Matter of fact, uh, we're going to see in the next point that when we don't have faith, uh, Romans chapter 14 says, whatever, whatever is not of faith is sin. Uh, when we're not thankful and, and when we are, uh, the Bible tells us, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Uh, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And we find ourselves uh, anxious or complaining or, or are not careful to give God praise for every situation in our life. Uh-oh, all of a sudden, uh, we're not doing this by faith. And we're, we're deceived that maybe uh, sin has entered into our life because it's not by faith. And, and there's a, 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 a danger for that. But God is in control. He will never leave us, never forsake us. And according to Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. He has a plan for each of us, and that is for us to be more Christ-like. Uh, and sometimes it takes these trials of life for that to happen, to be more like our Lord Jesus Christ. And so then we get into the, the faith to be healed for the temptations of life. Uh, in James chapter 1 and verse 12 uh, through 16, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away uh, of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, what is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. The temptations. Uh, I'm not preaching so much on the temptations of the flesh. Uh, those are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, seditions, uh, strife, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings of the, of the such of which I tell you before, as I told you also in times past, they which do such things shall not, and they that do uh, such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, but the temptation that I want to uh, preach to you tonight or talk to you about is our faith to be increased, uh, the temptation of not loving God, the temptation of, of, of drawing back from God, uh, the temptation from backsliding in our walk or our heart uh, because we know that, we've done that, we've seen that. And all of a sudden, because sin is entered in, uh, we now start drawing back from God. We're not as, as on fire as we used to be. Uh, we find ourselves going through relig religious motions of church and religion, uh, but we're not on fire because we lost our love for the Savior. Uh, there's a temptation for each of us uh, to draw back from God. There's a temptation because we still have Adam's nature uh, that we deal with, and Adam's nature is going to be constantly against us to get us to draw back from God and not love God. Because when you're not loving God, you're not operating in the family right. You're not operating in the church right. You're definitely not uh, serving God right as far as uh, sharing the gospel. Uh, I want to challenge everyone in here to make sure that you're faithfully sharing the gospel. At all times, faithfully sharing the gospel. Uh, the gospel is a very simple thing. It's, it's that Jesus died for our sins according to scripture that he was buried, and after three days he rose from the dead according to the scripture. You can tell that to anybody. And that's what we're commanded to do. Nonetheless, uh, I'm going to give you three definitions of sin. Uh, the first definition is found in 1 John 3, 4. Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law, uh, for sin is the transgression of the law. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3, if you would. And I'm reading these definitions of sin. Whosoever transgresseth the law... 
also, excuse me, whosoever transgresses, whosoever sin, sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. All right, so when we're commanded to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, uh, strength, all that, and we don't do that, then we have sin in our life. Uh, James 4.17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And again in Romans 14.23, For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Look at Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, and this is the warning about not loving God or drawing back from God. Um, And before we read Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 10 tells us, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall shall have no pleasure in him. Uh, But look at the warning in Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to read verse 13 first. It says this, But exhort one another daily, why it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Uh, so this is, this is the temptation that we have to be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Uh, when we don't do that which we know to do is right, uh, when we don't uh, keep or follow the things that God would have us to follow in the word of God, and whatever we do is not of faith, that is sin. Most of us will try to say, well, I'm good on, in that area. Praise the Lord. I'm not in danger there. But that's the whole deceitfulness of sin. You get rocked to sleep by that. And all of a sudden, before you know it, I'm not as, as, as in love with God that I once was. What's going on with me? Why, why, is, this, why is this happening? Why, why am I not excited about all the things I was excited before? Maybe the deceitfulness has gotten there and, and hardened your heart toward the things of God. It is possible. You know, every one of us know it's possible because we've seen people in our, in our lives and our churches get hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And what happens then in, in, in verse 12 is, is what happens. Uh, we see this, the temptation of quitting our, our leaving God. Look what it says. It says, take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. It's almost an unimaginable thing that someone in here would depart from the living God. But if you're not careful, that's exactly what will happen. You'll get deceived. You'll get hardened. The next thing you know, you'll start uh, bad-mouthing the pastor, the church, the standards, the word of God. Uh, They make me wear this, and they make me do that, and they make me say this. And and all of a sudden, you're deceived, you're hardened. And the next thing you know, you're going to depart from the only one that can give you the source of hope. Uh, The source of encouragement, the source of victory uh, is the living God of heaven who is present tonight to heal. If you'll just if you'll just take that that healing from God and exercise faith and 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 the word of God says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we don't have to be be deceived by sin and we can walk in victory and not in defeat and the deceitfulness of sin. Uh, be careful, my brethren. Be careful that you're not deceived by sin and drawing back from God. Uh, this world is not your friend, and I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care what position you are in. You need to protect yourself from the things of this world. It will deceive you. It will draw you in, and the end result is you'll stop loving God. And if you don't believe me, you can ask Brother Demas. He departed from Paul because he had loved this present world. And we're instructed, love not the world, and neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
In Jude 20 and 21, it says this, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God. This is an action that we do. God will never leave us or forsake us. God will never stop loving us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, but we ourselves can fall out of love with God. So Jude tells us, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. And then what about the testimony of life? Are the testimony of, are the testimony of life? Our faith needs to be healed for our testimony. If you'll go back to Luke chapter, uh, Luke chapter 5. But your faith being healed for your testimony in life in every aspect of your life. Uh, with your family, your finances, your future. Uh, your testimony of who you are. A testimony of living by faith. The testimony that uh, the things that God has done in your life is real. Uh, Luke chapter 5, uh, after the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, read verse 24 again. Uh, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thy house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that where he lay on and departed to his own house. Look what it says, glorifying God. This is his testimony. This man's faith was, faith was increased so much because he did, uh, he, the power of the Lord uh, was present to heal. And he exercised that faith to receive that power to be healed. And verse 26 says, and they were, they were all amazed and because he was glorifying God, they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things today. Your testimony of faith is so important. Uh, the testimony to on purpose do the revealed will of God in your life. You will not know the unknown will of God until you do the known will of God. Giving, loving, sharing the word of God, being faithful to church. Uh, making sure that bitterness is not in your heart. Uh, as as uh, Pastor Jeremiah introduced me that I was uh, married to pa- Pastor Allison's daughter. Um, before, before I met Carrie, I, d- I didn't know much about pa- Pastor Allison. Um, they sent me preaching tapes. Like, make sure you listen to these. <laughs> and I did, and I was like, yes, this is awesome. Um, but what happened is I began to correspond with Carrie. Of course, her dad would be careful who he allowed her to marry, uh, as, as I will uh, with my daughter. Matter of fact, I was joking the other day that I wish I would have put her middle name as Smith just to drive my future son-in-law nuts. Um, but as I was uh, seeking uh, Carrie's hand in marriage, I didn't know this, uh, but there was a call that went out to my pastor. Uh, tell me what kind of guy this is. Is this a Sunday morning guy? Is this a, uh, a guy that's half in? What, what is this guy's testimony of faith? What is his testimony? And at that time, I was not doing anything for any reward or any blessing. I was doing it because I got born again. My sin, I, didn't, I tell you earlier, my sins got forgiven. So it was a motivation of love. I was motivated and constrained, if you will, to, to serve the Lord in every aspect that I could. And witnessing, I, I fumbled through the, the gospel so many times in those beginning years. 
I remember crying before my family, trying to just lead them to Christ, just in tears right before we opened presents at Christmas. Uh, but faithful to the, the, the soul winning, faithful to the visitation, faithful to the special meetings, faithful uh, to do whatever that the pastor of the church needed to be done, just faithful on purpose. And so the phone call goes out. Tell me about this guy. What kind of testimony does he have? And I don't know how that conversation went. But I know when I asked Pastor Allison if I could marry his daughter, he said yes. Uh, and, and so I realized this. Had I not been actively doing the revealed will of God, you can, you can just mark it down. I would have missed the unknown will of God in my life. Her and I would have never been married. And, and she is, and I'm, I'm not going to, she's great, okay? I'm not going to get into how much I love her. And how great she is. And you ladies, are it's going to be a blessing tomorrow uh, as she speaks and encourages you. Uh, but doing the revealed will of God. Um, it's a wonderful thing to be able to serve the living God. And um, so in, in closing, uh, the power of God is present tonight to heal. Uh, but what are you going to do with that? Are you going to talk to the Lord in your heart? Are you going to ask him uh, to do something in your heart? Uh, I, I think of, of, of David in, in, in Psalm uh, 51, and he was pouring out his heart about his sin. And uh, he prayed this uh, in Psalm 51, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressor thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto, unto thee. Uh, so the faith to heal... Uh, in the time of our trials, uh, the time of our temptations, and the testimony of our life, the power of, of the Lord uh, to heal is present. Uh, but what are we going to do with that power? Are we going to ask him to, to heal us? Are we going to ask him to increase our faith? Are we going to believe God with every aspect of our life? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you again, and uh, we humbly bow before you, loving you. And we thank you so much for uh, the word of God that you preserve for us, that we may know your heart, your will. Uh, we thank you for the protection that you've given us, but we do thank you for your power. Uh, we thank you for being present with us tonight uh, to be able to heal. And I pray for anyone in this auditorium. Uh, if there's a, a place in their life that they need to talk to you, they need to do business with you, I pray that you just, in the secret part of their heart, uh, that you'd speak to them in a special way that you'd increase their faith, that you renew their faith, renew the joy of their salvation. And Father, would you do a wonderful work in this place? And Father, we'll thank you for all that's done because we do ask it in the wonderful and powerful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.